Hey everybody, Adam again from the Back Patio Network, and I'm here with my buddy Atkins. Yep, from NerdsOnEarth.com. Happy to be back. Absolutely, man. I am so excited uh, for episodes three and four. They were crazy. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. Uh, I'll be honest, it went in a couple directions I was not anticipating. Um, Holy and there's cow, me either. Still a couple things that I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about um, the, a couple of elements, uh, and I'm, I'll be curious to pick your brains about them when we get to them in, in, uh, in chronological order, I guess, as we work our way through these two episodes. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I was hoping that it would answer some questions for me, and I think it did, but I think that episode three opened more doors for more an- or questions than they did answers. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. I mean, if we knew everything then and there's no mystery left, there's no intrigue left, then, you know, you're kind of tuning in for a little bit of bang and pow and entertainment and not really having something to come back to to look forward to, if that makes sense, like to have some sort of fulfillment. So raising questions, not not a terrible thing at all. Definitely not, especially not this early. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. Episode three, uh, titled Roaring Muscles. Yep. It starts off with uh, this beautiful kind of like All Might montage. Yeah. And it's ve- it is it is beautiful. It's uh, it's really interesting. There are a couple of scenes. Uh, I think it's in this episode almost primarily, uh, maybe a little bit more uh, in, in the second one as well in, in episode four that are like if this was something that I guess you still call it cinematography, even though it's animated, but there's some really pretty like establishing shots and the way that things look kind of hazy, but also really bright. And uh, I don't know, it's, it is really pretty. Uh, the it's opening really, of this episode, it's like beautifully well done artwork. Like they've put a lot of time into the animation for this. Yeah. And, and he's kind of, we kind of pick back up exactly where we left off um, in episode two, where All Might is in his kind of depowered state, um, talking with Izuku. Um, and he says something strange at the beginning of this, where he says that uh, Izuku is, is, he asks him if he's worthy to inherit his powers. Yes. Um, and so he introduces this fold to the idea of quirks. And I, I've got in my notes, like, inherit or or quirks passed along somehow besides the old-fashioned way that we're already aware of or or is this something unique to all might that introduction kind of puzzled me some but at the same time izuku seemed pretty confused by that word too so uh, i didn't i didn't feel alone in that it's really interesting to me at this point because deku or or izuku they're they're not really calling him the same name in these episodes which it makes it more confusing Yes. And after a little bit of research, we've realized that Deku is his hero name, and they've referenced him as Deku several times, but now they're calling him Izuku or Miyadori. But regardless of that, he is still really confused by the fact that All Might can pass down his abilities. I guess this is the first time he's ever heard of it, but it's, it cracked me up because there's a good two or three minutes of him being like, what do you mean you can pass it? Like, that's not possible. You can't do that. Yeah. And the idea of that not being possible in a world full of superheroes really cracks me up. Yeah, and so there's a couple of interesting things I thought that I would uh, have us talk about really briefly here. The first one is, immediately my mind started racing to this idea that apparently All Might wasn't born with a quirk. He seemed to have inherited it from somebody else too, right? Right. Okay, so I didn't misinterpret that. So that means one of the questions that this series kind of asks really early on is well who gave it to all might like who was the guy who was the being the person the entity that gave him this power that he has in the first place like now there's like a like a 
a genealogy kind of thing going on here. Like, okay, yeah. well, if All Might got it from somebody, who gave it to him? And maybe, maybe we'll have that answered. I don't know that it's necessary to have the answer to that, but it was a question that uh, that I wondered aloud anyway. Yeah, and I was also kind of thinking. So, if I understand correctly, he mentions that every time somebody gets this quirk, it is enhanced. So, like every time it's been passed down, the previous person adds on to it, almost like adds on their own. Uh, for lack of better terminology, their quirkiness to the quirk. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I would be interested in seeing who added what. You know, like how did it, what would it, what did it start out as and how did it become this amazing power that All Might contains? Yeah, so what did All Might add to what he received? And another question then being, what is Deku or Izuku going to bring to this power once he becomes the inheritor of it? Right. Um, but I will say, I, I didn't see that coming at all. I was not expecting him to, like, I really kind of wanted Deku to have some sort of, like, latent hidden powers or something. So for him to just have to, I don't know, prove himself to All Might, totally not expecting that. Didn't see it coming. Yeah, and we didn't have any reason to have an inkling that this might be a potential, because the only way that they've talked about Quirks being obtained is through the genetic lottery so to speak you know your parents have quirks and then ergo once once they make you you also have a a combination right this this amalgam of their two quirks that's the only way that it's been talked about so far um so that idea uh that all mites could be inherited somehow was brand new i mean it was it came out of literally nowhere for us right yeah, and you know, at first I really didn't like it, uh, but then we kind of transition into this scene of him talking about how his power is really, really, really powerful, and your body won't be able to just handle it if he gave it to him right then. So they they're basically have it set up where it's like, okay, well, we've got 10 months until your exam. Let's train you. So he takes Deku to this beach that is just filthy. I mean, it's got all kinds of like, just debris, it looks like. I mean, it's just like giant random metal stuff. Yeah. And like tires. That's like, I feel like those yeah. are the two things I saw, like giant fridges and tires. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the most random stuff. But the idea is he's going to have him clean it up the beach and get it back to its pristine condition, kind of like a Mr. Miyagi style, you know? Yeah. And this beach isn't just like a little polluted. It is a lot polluted. Yeah. Um, but All Might does this really funny thing to me where he's just like, don't worry, I've, I've created this thing. And he calls it the aim to pass American dream plan. <laughs> Which is like this yes. itinerary for every minute of Izuku's life for the next 10 months, including like what he's supposed to eat, when he's supposed to sleep, how much of the beach he, or you know, how much of this stuff he's supposed to have cleaned up at so many, you know, intervals. Uh, it is pretty great. But um, you know, what's funny is about that is it's really not too far from like a bodybuilding coach. Yeah. Um, I had a, a great friend of mine just compete at a competition out in Nashville and he had contacted a, a coach. And he did the same thing. Like he sent him a, basically an itinerary for the next, I think it was four months of all of his meals for the day, what time he was going to be at the gym and what exercises he was going to be doing. Like it almost makes me wonder if All Might has done this before unsuccessfully. Yeah. And I, I kind of also appreciated the fact too that this regiment that uh, All Might was giving to Izuku wasn't super. It was just like, dude, you're still normal. You know, you're still quirkless. So we're going to do this thing that it's, it kind of reminded me of, you know, the, the Rocky where he's just like running around in the snow with a log on his shoulders and punching meat, which, because that's what he, that's what he had to to work with, you know? And so all Mike's looking around going, well, this is, this is what we got. But I wanted to backtrack a little bit, if you don't mind, because one of the things that I said, there was something that I was just like, I I still don't know. 
how I feel about this. So part of what I thought was kind of the the draw or the appeal to Izuku's situation in the first two episodes was this concept that he was quirkless and yet could potentially still be heroic, right? But in episode three, we we kind of lose that. I mean, because now it's not that Deku's going to be quirkless anymore. Now he's going to have a quirk. And so, you know, All Might is offering this ability to him. And I, I kind of thought in my brain going forward that maybe Deku's thing or Izuku's thing would be that he was just a hero without a quirk somehow. And I, I lost that. And I'm still kind of struggling with that. It's almost like I carried this this preconception pretty close to the heart for some reason, even though I had no reason to. So now it's just like, okay, well now he's, I guess he's getting a quirk and, and that changes things for me, I guess, going forward. What, what were your, did you have any feelings about that? Were you shaken or, or rattled by that at all? Well, I guess it was one of those things for me where like, I didn't, I can see how maybe like if you really identified with the whole like wanting to be a superhero and not having the powers to do what you want to accomplish, um, that really helped me identify with him, you know? And so when they took that away, it was kind of like, ah, well, okay. But I'm kind of interested in seeing how he at least proves himself to All Might. I didn't expect that, you know, what well, we haven't talked about it yet. He pretty much get, gets these powers immediately at the end of the episode. So I expected kind of a longer ramp up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it was really sudden. I will give you that. But I think there was a part of me that was kind of just more interested in seeing like, okay, well, what does he do with them? You know, so I didn't really think about it too much, but that's true. Like it changes the entire dynamics of the show. Yeah, I, I, I still, like I said, so I said, I think in the first episode that we recorded that I love the idea of seeing all these various powers on display like we do in some of these other shows and animes that we enjoy. Um, but in my head, that we were never going to get that kind of display of power from Izuku. Uh, and now we are. And there's, it's not inherently bad or anything. I'm just saying that it. I was like, well, okay, this changes everything, I guess, what I was expecting from this show. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest pull for me, I was so taken aback by the fact that that's how he received his powers that I didn't even think about that portion of it. I was just like, oh, well, that's kind of a... It's kind of like a deus ex, I guess. You know, like, oh, well, here are these mysterious powers we're going to give you. Yeah. Um, but getting, get, I guess getting back to it, I, I, uh, the, the training montage thing is great. Again, it was very like Rocky-esque and he, he's got this task of, of cleaning this beach and it's all very physical labor and it, but it also requires a lot of discipline and a thing that we're going to hear a lot about going forward in, in this episode and especially in the next one is this idea of self-sacrifice of, you know, Deku's got to put a lot of the rest of his life on hold to be able to go and, and get this thing done. And it's 10 month timeline. I, I do appreciate the fact that they did kind of zip through that 10 month uh, period because I didn't want to watch a show where the presumably the main character was just moving trash around on a beach for, you know, for however many episodes um, it had been like watching Namek explode in, you know, after five minutes for 30 episodes all over again. You know what I mean? It just <laughs> yeah. felt like it got, it got real slow. Um, but they do move through that pretty quickly. And the montage has got some comedic elements like, you know, uh, All Might takes a picture of uh, Izuku on the first day where he's like trying to move this fridge that he's sitting on and he can't. Uh, and at the end of that whole thing, they he shows him again that picture of that first day. And uh, Izuku is clearly ripped. Um, like in a way that he wasn't before. He's still not like, he's still not like jacked. He's not super big, um, but he's definitely got some definition. Um, but at the same time, like the last shot of that training montage is Izuku with All Might on his shoulders. All Might earlier in this episode says that he weighs 255 kilos, which is like 550 or 60 pounds. 
Uh, so dude got strong real fast. I mean, yeah. 560 pounds is nothing to sniff at walking around. No. I don't care. I don't care who you are. No. Um, so, and especially for him to have apparently reach that kind of height of strength in 10 months, that's insanity. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Um, it, it's kind of a, it seemed like it was one of those things where I think he even mentions that he like lost weight at some point in time and two. Yeah. He was down from like two seventy something, I think is what he said. And this, this yeah. again, being in his like all might form is not his like scrawny emo punk form. Um, <laughs> right. So. And so I will say like during that whole montage, there was something that really got me. And uh, it, it was a saying that all might said to Deku something along the lines of like, um, luck is just being lucky, but this is something you're actually achieving. You know, like I thought that was kind of nice. Like everyone else is lucky to have this power. You're having to work for it and you're really going to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot too. So now we need to kind of talk about how it is that Izuku was able to quote unquote inherit these powers from All Might uh, because it came about in uh, an interesting way. Did it not? Yeah. So like, okay, let's set the scene. You know, uh, All Might shows up to the beach. It's like the morning of his exam to UA. So All Might shows up to the beach. He sees him, Deku, up on this like last bit of rubble, and he's like screaming at the sky. And then he sees the beach, and it's immaculate. You yeah, know, he's cleaned it all up. He's gotten everything moved. He shows him that before and after picture, and he's like, "All right, it's time for you to inherit my powers, my quirk. Uh, eat some of my DNA. Yeah. And then he like pulls one of his hairs. Yeah. Which is so gross. Like to me, I'm, I don't have like a hair phobia. Uh, like I don't run away from it or anything, but loose hair just grosses me right the heck out. So I I don't know that I could have stomached what it is that Izuku was asked to do. I mean, all my, (laughs) basically it's just like, if you eat this, you'll get, you'll gain my powers. So it seems that like, you know, it doesn't matter what it is what that DNA, that piece of DNA is, so long as it gets inside of you. So the secret to superpowers is to just use All Might's toothbrush or trick him into a 23andMe and, like, <laughs> take his swab and rub it around on the inside of your mouth or something. I feel like if if they knew that that's what his power was, 23andMe would be all over it. Like, yeah. they would be reselling his DNA as much as they could. Yeah. Well, and it's weird, because he even mentions, like, I'm only going to give you a small sliver of my power. Like one piece of hair is just enough for you right now, which indicates that he's going to have to eat more to get stronger. God, I didn't even think about that, but that's super gross. Yeah. And all I could think about was like, okay, so what, how does he inherit all of his powers? Like, is he going to cook up like an all might ribeye? You know, (laughs) he's eating fingernails and toenails. Cause those that, you know, maybe it is that all might just keeps on giving Izuku pieces of him that grow back, like hair and and fingernails, which is still, it's incredibly gross, but hey, you know, whatever works. It's an anime, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Another funny kind of like element to hold this, this whole like eat my hair bit, though, is he eats it and nothing seems to happen. And All Might was like, you know what your stomach does? It digests things, but it's going to take like two or three hours. So now you got to wait. But he's, but he's almost like running late to this big hero test. So He's not even sure if he has powers when he steps into the arena for, for this big test uh, to get into the academy. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I, so whenever this happened, all I could think about are all these horror stories I've heard from the West Coast where the, like the marijuana edibles are, are legal and like people eat them and like three hours later, they're like really messed up on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. All I could think about was him eating this hair and getting halfway through the exam and them, them kicking in like some sort of drug and he just turns Super Saiyan and like destroys everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
Or like All Might cautions him and says that if he were to inherit all of his power at once, his like limbs would pop off and his torso would explode or something like that. So yeah, you, like it's just way too much for his weak little body to handle right now. Yeah, so you kind of got to hope that All Might is good at math or knows exactly how much power is in that one hair. You know, like if yeah. he gets the math wrong, then Deku, like, you know, Zuku has like an arm pop off during the exam or something <laughs> terrible. Right. But none of that stuff happens. We just like to we just like to extrapolate and have fun. Yeah, I mean, that's the speculations of what could happen with this are great, in my opinion. You could do so much with it. Yeah, and so he, he goes to uh, the testing site at the academy. Uh, he bumps into a girl who doesn't get a name for quite some time, actually. In the series, he's, she's just this girl. But as soon as you see her, you, you know, you're just like, well, she'll, she'll be a part of this growing ensemble at some point oh, because yeah. you don't just have these random encounters. But what's really funny is he like he's walking and he... He trips and he's, I guess, like super focused on what's lying ahead. So this uh, telekinetic girl kind of keeps him from busting his face. And she is speaking with him uh, and he doesn't respond at all. But as soon as she walks away, he has this <laughs> this uh, inner monologue where he says, I talked to a girl, even though I didn't actually talk. And I, I was like, as a youth pastor, I was like, that is literally every junior high boy's experience there. <laughs> that is the height of social interaction with a girl is just having them talk to you and then you go and tell your friends. Yeah. So I talked to so-and-so the other day, you know, and that was really funny. That was it. That was a fun little, uh, uh, little comedic bit. It's like having them just recognize you, you know? Yeah. Which I didn't realize until this, I think it's uh, the next episode, episode four. I thought UA was like Harvard, like a college. It's, it's a high school. Yeah. So they're a lot younger than I thought. For some reason, I was under the impression that he was just kind of small and, and dorky. Like, I guess they were like 18 or 19, but I'm guessing they're probably really like 13 or 14. Yeah. So Yeah, they just, would I don't be. Know, it seems yeah, like about right. You would think that since the government is running the heroes, that there would be like a cap. Like, you can't do hero things until you're 18 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you'll probably yeah. have to pay some sort of giant, like, licensing tax, like a, a superhero tax once a year. So then... The, the kind of the end of this episode takes place inside of like an auditorium of sorts. And there's a, uh, there's a quirky uh, teacher and I mean like he is quirky, but he also has a quirk. So I guess yeah. that works in two ways, but we don't really know what his quirk is. Correct. Uh, I mean, it's not really gotten into a ton. I mean, the way he's, he has speakers built into his body yeah. where he's able he's, to amplify his voice somehow. He's something, like the something along those DJ. lines. Yeah. Yeah, he he's like a big radio DJ. Like I think he's like worldwide DJ. Yeah. Um. In fact, he refers to the girl whose name we don't get until like the very end of episode four as female listener, which is really funny. And then that's just how he perceives everybody as somebody that listens to him. Right. Um. But so the the end of this takes place in this auditorium, and this professor is kind of going over how this test is going to take place. Presumably, there's a written test. They don't really talk about that at all. It's just mentioned that there are two parts. There's this. Um, this practical part where they're going to go into like a, a, a simulated city um, on the school's grounds uh, and there will be all these monstery robot-y things in the city and they're worth points if you bust them up. Um, and then there's a guy that stands up uh, who's a complete like jerk for the like as soon as he stood up and started talking about the misprint on the flyer that there were four monsters like calling the school out for misprints because it was such a big deal and then he turns around and like looks at Deku and he's like, and this guy behind me, he's been muttering this whole time. He needs to shut up, you know? Yeah. Um, he's and, the guy which that is, like shows up to class. And at the end, when you haven't turned in your homework yet, he's like, Oh wait, teacher, didn't you forget about something? Yes. He's that guy. Yeah. Um, and he, 
I still didn't like him even through most of the part, uh, most of episode four, but he started growing me a little bit at the end of episode four, um, which yeah. again, like I was hoping that he was just a bit part, um, but I don't think he will be. I think, no. uh, I think that he'll be around for a little while, which, you know, may- maybe, maybe my uh, opinion of him will increase even more than it has already. But early on, I was like, I don't like that guy. He's a jerk. Yep. I had the same exact thoughts. And the moment he showed up, I was like, there's no way he's just a bystander. He's going to be a main yeah. character. Yep, and it's even further validated um, by the fact that both he, the the jerky, you know, typo guy, um, and the young lady with telekinesis are in uh, Izuku's training city. Katsuki, on the other hand, um, was like wanting to be in the same city with Izuku just so he could beat him up, which again... That's such a weird motivation. Like this guy, I, I get that he's still like all burned about being consider, like called a sidekick and that this quirkless kid had to save him and all that stuff. Um, but he was like, yeah, darn it. I'm not going to be in the same city. I don't get to beat up on Izuku. And it's like in the rules that you're not supposed to use your powers against other people on the field, just against these machines. So, um, but he, he's in another city. Um, and then we kind of end that episode with them kind of standing on the outside of these giant, like Jurassic park entrance esque doors. Yeah. Um, waiting for the, the final, this practical portion of the exam to begin. And, and that's, that's kind of where the episode ends is with this anticipation of getting to see all of these heroes, most of whom we probably will never get to know their names. Um, some of them, we won't even get to see what their powers might be like, um, getting ready to go into the city and, have that bring to the screen what we've been waiting for, which is this cool, super fun display of a bunch of different powers going off all at once, which is just, it's just fun. It's, it's why we like Naruto. It's why we like DBZ. Um, it's just seeing creative powers and creative uses for them uh, is one of the biggest draws for me early on in the show. Um, so I, I was excited going into episode four. Yeah, I'm definitely really excited to see what Deku's powers are. And I kind of have to agree with you, like, I don't understand Katsuki's motivations for anything yet, because so far, all I've seen is this kid, Deku, that is really kind to Katsuki, and Katsuki seems to just kind of take a dump on him any chance he gets, like, and the thing is, is Katsuki has powers, so why would he be picking on this kid that doesn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he constantly I, does, like, it, and it, he just seems to have it out for him for no reason, no idea yeah. why. He's pretty bitter and jaded about a couple things, which I, I guess, I mean, he got pretty thoroughly embarrassed a couple of times. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, if he continues on this path of like aggression towards Izuku, you know, it, it kind of has, it's almost like he's flirting with the dark side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, you know, you, you've got to, you, you've got to let go of this hate or, or you're going to end up uh, instead of, you know, you may get all this formal training as a hero but you might not end up as one. He's going to be um, so mad when he finds out that All Might gave his powers to Deku. Yeah. Do you think they're ever going to divulge that? Yeah. I mean, I, like, so they grew up with this kid. They know he didn't have powers unless he just lies to him and says, well, they kicked in last night. But that seems awfully convenient. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, people, I, surely people saw him training with All Might for 10 months. I mean, that's a long yeah. time to spend with somebody and no one else noticed. Yeah, I I haven't, I guess I hadn't really thought about whether or not that's going to be like, if it's going to stay as kind of a dramatic irony plot point where it's something that we know that nobody else does or if they make it public, public knowledge. I think it'll get out. I get the feeling that'll be a huge plot point at some point in time is that his powers can transfer. Okay. Like, 
I, I don't know. I just I get the feeling that at some point in time, there's going to be a villain that we see that has his powers. You know what I mean? Whether it's like a past protege or someone I, like you were saying earlier, steals his toothbrush or something. I feel like I can see that coming. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. It's so weird. This this anime has so many like genre beats to it, so many different genre beats to it that the the most ridiculous things that we can think up of, like somebody just using All Might's toothbrush and getting his powers. If it happened in the show, I'd be like, well, that, that makes sense in the show. Like, it just seems like something that could totally happen, even though that, you know, it, it might not. And we wouldn't feel any, you know, any, confu- any, we wouldn't feel confused by it happening or not. You know, this show yeah. has got so much variety to its kind of tenor, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally. Well, let's get straight into episode four, man. Uh, this opening sequence is pretty crazy because it's got, like you were saying, all these guys standing outside waiting for the Jurassic doors to open up. And then the DJ guy is like, what are you waiting on? Like, go. Yeah, there's, there's he no says alarm. there are no like, countdowns real in real life. Happen. Yeah, there are no countdowns in real life. Yeah, um, which I thought that was really great. Like, what a better way to teach a lesson to a bunch of heroes, you know? Yeah. So they've got 10 minutes to score as many points as they can, and robots are worth one, two, or three points. And then that fourth robot that uh, Jerkwad thought was a misprint is is indeed a robot on the field, but it's explained that it's not worth any points. It's just there to kind of... It's like uh, a trap robot. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a battlefield effector of some right. kind, um, is all we really know going in. Um, so yeah, they, they go in. Um, and, and all you, these you, people have Deku completely written off. Like they're not even worried about him. Like, why is that guy here? Like he almost ate dirt on the way into the, the university. Yeah. And man, credit to Izuku. He still, he still has no idea if all might was just blowing smoke up his butt this whole time. Right. I mean, and he runs in and he's like, I'm going to score points and he's never manifested those powers. He doesn't know if he's going to manifest those powers. All that he's going through over in his mind again is that All Might had cautioned him that there would be some physical repercussions, um, you know, when he manifested this power for the first time because they didn't really have time for him to take it for a test drive. And this kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, like, uh, from uh, Resurrection F, you know, where Goku and Vegeta are kind of given Frieza crap towards the end of that movie because they're like, you ran here as soon as you got your transformation and you don't even know how to hold it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... You get this little piece where All Might is telling Izuku how to engage this power within him. And what all we get at the very beginning is him saying, all you have to do is squeeze your buttocks and yell this inside of your heart. And then the letter S comes on the screen and then something happens and snaps you away. So you're just like, oh, what's the rest of this formula? You know, I hope I hope that I hope the Zuku knows what it is, at least because we certainly don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and then it just goes right into him running up to a one point bot and freezing just absolute fear. And he even says to himself, like, oh, my God, my legs. Wh- why can't I move them? Yeah. And, and then you have the dude around him the, uh... is racking up points like nobody's business. Like he yeah. he he just barely thinks about trying to move and the person to the left of him like blows up this bot with a laser beam. Yep. Yeah. This with his belt and with, he, he was like hip thrusting with this belt and uh, blew this thing up in one shot. It was great. And he's like super pretty and apparently really charismatic. And uh, so, yeah, that was a pretty funny scene. And the guy is, is like, Hey, you and I make a pretty great team, even though I don't think I'll ever see you again. And then just like walks off. Yeah. Like he totally expects Izuku to either be killed or, you know, not, not make it to whatever the next stage might be, uh, you know, entrance into this school or whatever. Um, right. But it, it also turns out that there is 
like real danger inside of this test. I mean, people yeah, are people actually, actually getting, getting hurt. hurt. Yeah. Um, so I guess that guy's comment was just like, man, you straight up could die because this is for reals. You right. Know? Um, and you don't have any means of, of uh, protecting yourself, let alone scored any points. Yeah. Now, I, I noticed, I mentioned this earlier, the people that are competing against Deku, they don't seem to be in his same age group. Like, the guy that they had the laser older. beam belt seemed to be, I would guess, four or five years older. And there yeah. seemed to be other adults. So even though this is a high school, it sounded like it maybe it was a high school for anybody with powers. Like, almost not really like an educational high school, but just kind of a like, hey, here's your next step. Like, you can apply whenever sort of thing. Yeah, is either that or they were just really short selling Izuku visually for us. Like he's so small, he's so diminutive compared to all these other people with quirks, even next to like some of the girls, you know. So maybe they were short selling him to us uh, in that way. Yeah, that would make sense. So he's running around, he's having no success. And eventually the graders, I guess, these these uh, quirked professors are watching on a screen and they press something that was labeled Yaruki switch. I never bothered to look that up and see if that meant anything, but they let loose the zero point. The trap. You know, ye- trap yeah, it's like, it like a giant Jaeger bot that comes out. Um, it reminded it me does, of something from like Battletech, you know, or like Gundam. Yeah, yeah, very much. So it was that kind of larger than very large building scale. Um, and all of the heroes in that general area just start running for their lives away from this thing. And some of them, like, you might think that some of them are running away not because they're scared, but so much as they were because they knew it was worth zero points and they wanted to get higher scores. So maybe that was their motivation for running in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, but what we find out is when this thing emerged, the young telekinetic girl um that we've uh, run into a couple times so far gets trapped under some rubble and so while everything everybody is running away izuku runs toward and this is something that becomes kind of the the linchpin of his his perception as a hero really the the reason for his success in this entire test is the professors all say that he's he's doing this thing uh and and he is not doing it for for himself that he is doing right. it for no merit whatsoever and very the very first thing in this episode uh that we see and i don't think we mentioned it was um the, kind of this list of a couple of the heroes and all might was the first one and his part of his introduction was that he was the one who like wouldn't take credit for some award or, or something like that like he it, it, the word merit i think was used in there somewhere as, as a quality of his and that being his most exemplary quality. Uh, and so now we're seeing, and again, these professors are talking about how the most important element or, or uh, ingredient in a hero is this idea of self-sacrifice. Right. And so here we see that being embodied in this kid who's still to this point, who's running towards this giant Jaeger monster, has shown no powers. I mean, he is doing it. He does. He's not even sure, right, that he, that he's got it. But this is where he decides to go ahead and give the squeeze your buttocks and shout in your heart stuff a try. The word that he's supposed to shout is uh, smash. Yeah. Just, I love how simple it is. I was expecting yeah. like... Texas smash or Detroit smash, you know, cause all might has these like locations along with his attacks. Yeah. So he, he just straight one, one punches this thing. I it mean, was so cool. Like whenever he did that and his arm lit up, uh, I got like goosebumps. I was like, it reminded me so much of one punch man, you know? Yeah. It's hey, very can you cool. Imagine going your whole life, wanting something so badly, you can't stand it. And yeah, you've, you've worked your butt off for it for almost a year, like just a straight year. You've done nothing but think about and work towards this one goal. And in that last second, 
your powers emerge and it's such a cool power too i mean it it just it was such a great redeeming moment for me yeah so this power i mean the the physical reper- repercussion stuff comes true because as this power kind of comes into his body he jumps which breaks both of his legs right like the power that he exerts snaps just obliterates his legs and then um his that jump was so forceful he jumps up to be about like eye level with this giant robot and he punches it one time but it obliterates his arm like it's all bleeding and bending in like brown like completely bruised yeah and it's and it's all like bending in like six different directions it's super gross yeah Um, but and I love the fact that like he punches the robot in the middle of the eye. We see the robot crumble, and it's this really rewarding moment of him like, "Wow, I did it!" And then he looks down, and it's almost very like, uh, uh, what, "What's the Roadrunner and yeah, uh, Wiley e. Coyote. Coyote?" Yeah, it's just like, exactly "Oh God, it. I can't fly!" And he starts to drop. Yeah, <laughs> can't fly, and his legs are shattered, so he has no chance of like arresting his fall anyhow and he starts pondering he's like maybe if i try a detroit smash down on the ground at just the right time it'll arrest my fall enough where i won't die but i'll certainly be like possibly forever maimed um so all this stuff is kind of racing through his mind as he's racing towards the the floor or, or the ground and it's like at the very last second that the telekinetic girl reaches out and like smacks him in his face and apparently yeah, I think that she must have to have some sort of physical contact with the things that she's wanting to telekinetically m- move about. Because earlier in the episode, she walks around, she touches bits of some of the broken robots and sends them flying, stuff like that. But she smacks them and arrests his fall. And then she vomits rainbows? Yeah, she like, immediately <laughs> vomits rainbows. And they don't really show it. Like, it's from like a, it's like a behind shot of her where she makes this vomiting sound and you see like different colors and sparkles. And I'm like, are we not going to address this at all? Like, did Izuku not see this? I wonder if it has something to do with like the physical repercussions of some people's quirks, you know, like maybe it was so taxing on her to stop that much kinetic energy. Yeah. Well, when they show a, a, a shot from her front again, I didn't see any rainbow vomit, but I really wanted to, I don't know what that says about me, but I was like, did she just vomit a rainbow? No, like, I, was I was totally very looking confused. for it, too. So you're not alone. Okay. So then you get, uh, you know, all the, the the time runs out on the on the uh, test, and poor Izuku didn't score any points, even though he broke the biggest robot on the field. It was worth zero. And he's, like, laying there completely crippled on the floor. Yeah, and then the jerk from the classroom from earlier is watching this, and he starts to think to himself, he's like... All right, so he didn't score any points, and I've got, I don't remember how many, he had a bunch. He had like 53 or something, it was insane. Yeah, but then he's like, however, he was the one most heroic person in this test, and I wonder if that's, so he's starting to think that, oh, like maybe this Izuku guy really is a hero somehow, and he starts to really consider that, and this is where he kind of makes a turn in my brain, where I was like, all right, I really didn't like this guy, but now he is starting to get a new perspective on some things himself. Like yeah. he has undergone a change watching Izuku. And, and this is something that I mean, the professors talk about themselves where they talk about, or, or maybe it wasn't the professors. Maybe it was all might in the little hollow at the end of the episode where he talks about Izuku spurring others into action. And, and so we get that. And this whole scene is kind of interesting because all of the other people witnessed it and they're like, Oh, he must've tricked us. Like he was just waiting to show off. Like some people, don't even think that he's actually a member of like the university trying to apply. They think he's just there to like take care of him in case it seemed like, you know? 
Yeah. And then you're right. Like I called him the guy in blue. Uh, he kind of realizes like, oh, well, out of all of us, he was the only one that did what a real superhero would do, which is just go straight into danger no matter what and help people. So yeah. I'm with you. That was when when he realized that. He, I think he even has a moment where he's like, well, surely if this wasn't a test, I would have done the same thing. And I was yeah. like, okay, that's kind of neat. Like he knows maybe he's just hyper aware of his environment and reacts differently to it. Or maybe he's hoping, you know? Yeah. So then they have this nurse walk around whose quirk is to magically restore. She's like a walking sensu bean. We're going to make a lot of Dragon Ball references in this anime because it's what we know. But she walks yeah. around and, and uh, she touches people and like kisses people in their, in their, uh, their, uh, I mean, like she kisses Izuku, I think, and his, like his bones are automatically fine. His arms fine. Like he's totally 100% healed. And that's kind of how that foe battle simulation but real danger thing is enabled is because they have this crazy quirky nurse that can undo pretty much anything that's done uh, possibly even death I, I i don't know maybe they kind of made me wonder like what is healthcare like in yeah. this world you know because i can't imagine that this person that has this amazing ability wouldn't want to help other people you know so like can people just walk into clinics and get kissed by little old ladies with this quirk and they're yeah, good to and go do you still have to pay out of your ears for healthcare because is it an expertise anymore or is it just a, f a, a natural function of somebody that has a quirk? So does healthcare cost less yeah. because somebody, all they have to do is, is kiss you on your cheek and you're fine. Just like mommy used to do when you were a kid or, you know, now it feels like part of the reason why we have to pay so much for healthcare is because of all the uh, instrumentation and technology and expertise as far as like knowledge and stuff uh, goes for these doctors is all of that gone if you've got enough of these nurses running around? I, I, they must not, because if you remember, in episode one, he, they visited, like, an actual doctor yeah. doctor. So they must have, like, real... I don't want to say that there's, like, fake doctors, you know, but they must have, like, what I consider, like, real doctors, like, nurse practitioners and, like, people you would go to for normal things, and then they also have these people with quirks that can just heal anything. It, it just seems weird that they would have both yeah. to me, I guess. And maybe her quirk is super unique, like... Maybe she's one out of a million people that have it, in which case, you know, like, okay, so there's one person on each continent that can do this. That kind of makes, like, makes it a little bit more yeah, unique, Yeah, and it may I not guess. even be with that kind of frequency. I mean, these quirks, I yeah, mean, true. if they're even remotely close to, like, a procedurally generated game like Keyforge, you know, where there are all these different combinations of things that are ultimately unique, I wonder if anything even remotely approaches that nurse's power. I'm telling you, man, like, you can't tell me that in a world where the government controls superheroes, they aren't breeding them in some sort of underground, hidden, like, acronym of a government society <laughs> where they're making... Little old ladies with medical powers like this. Oh, yeah, you know it's definitely. Happening. But they're not sharing it with anybody. <laughs> the things that they're creating, they're using 100% for their own aims and goals. Yes, like you know it's got to be happening. I, I hope that we see yeah. that in this show. Like I want that really badly, if anything, just for yeah. me. <laughs> so the, then the rest of this episode kind of plays out as uh, Izuku's back at home. Uh, it's like two weeks later. He still hasn't seen the results from his tests. Um, he feels He says that he's self-graded and feels pretty sure that he barely passed the writing exam. Um, which kind of blew my mind. I would have thought that he, just because of his characterization in the previous episodes, would have felt like he was super great at the writing part, um, just because of the way that he's a thinker. Well, but if you remember, it's been 10 months of him not being able mm. to study as much because he's been That's practicing true. with All Might. So, so anyway, he gets, his, he gets his results in the mail, and it's a hollow of All Might telling him that, which I thought was so cool. I loved the hollow tape idea. Yeah, it was very cool. And it, it was it interactive? 
I don't, it seemed like it was, but I couldn't really tell. Yeah. Like all might seemed like he either knew exactly what uh, Miyadori was going to say yeah. or it was interactive. So I'm really not sure. So he, he tells, he tells him that he did, he's like, yeah, you definitely scored zero points in your practical. Um, but this is when he starts talking about how there was this other metric that was almost like a secret metric, um, that they use where he, he asks, how can a hero course reject people who save others and do the right thing? Yeah, like he risked his life for the greater good, you know? Yeah, and so um, kind of in the process of this, we we are introduced to the idea of rescue points, and he wasn't the only one that got any, but he got by far and away the most. Um, I think he ended up ranked like sixth or seventh um, in the class uh, based on points. He had zero for um, like the actual robot points, but he had 60 uh, rescue points awarded to him, which I think was, uh, you know, six of those professors rating out of 10 um you know what he got and um so he was sixth or seventh ranked um you see a couple other names that got a couple like one dude got nine another person got 10 and the the telekinetic girl got a couple for saving deku yeah and her name is ochako is is what we learned and uh, we're also given we're also made privy to her actions immediately after the exam where she goes up to uh the the professor who you know like presided over the test doctor of the exam yeah yeah and begs him to let her give uh izuku some of the some of her points even if it's just one because she overheard him say that he really desperately just wanted to score one point i thought that was so sweet you know like i feel like the interactions between the two of them are going to be great yeah i kind of wonder if she's almost like the friend that he wish he had grown up with you know yeah and you know again like you knew in their first interaction that she's going to be part of this growing ensemble cast and we still don't have an ensemble cast yet but we're i think we're moving in that direction and that's something that i think i'll appreciate i think that's you know when i told you earlier these people are telling me oh it gets better i think that'll be something that really does make this show better for me is having this set ensemble cast of characters that we get to follow you know that are also obviously involve izuku and all might but are more than them but also very focused on a small group instead of these hundreds of students with all their different powers and stuff like that. So I kind of am looking forward to a group and, and watching those dynamics unfold. Yeah. I'm looking forward to just finding out what their motivations are. Cause Deku's is pretty just like, uh, he wants to be the best. Like, but that's kind of, I get the feeling anyone that wants to be a superhero wants to be the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of a canon response. Whereas the blue guy, we still don't know his name yet. Uh, he, there's something about him. I, I will be honest. I don't like him right now. I get the feeling I will love him. He's going to be one of those characters kind of like, uh, I don't know if you watch game of Thrones, but he's probably going to be a lot like the Jamie Lannister where he starts out kind of really unlikable. And then currently he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. And so there were a couple of names that you see flashed up when they're talking about rescue points. So there's somebody named Tenya. So maybe that's his name. Or there's also a guy named Tetsu, 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 Tetsu. Um, yeah, I saw that so one. <laughs> m- maybe that's him too. I don't know. All that I know about him is he was kind of a jerk. Uh, he seemed to make a little bit of a turning point at the end of that one episode and he has exhaust pipes coming out of his calves and his calves are like super square. Um, yeah. and he, I guess maybe he's super fast. I don't remember if, if we get to see his powers like focused on during the fight or it might've taken place in the background somewhere. Um, but then the, the only other note that I have for this, uh, for this last episode is I said that all might botches the title to the show because he says, this is your hero academia. And I was like, man, you totally dropped the ball on that, man. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's it's not the name of the show. I, this is your chance. I've got one last note too. And that is, did you notice how different the mom was? Izuku's mom? Yeah. Like, so this is the first time we've seen her in present day. Mm. All we've seen is like videos of her in the past when he was a little kid. 
And in the past, she's she kind of reminds me of um, the uh, the main character's mom from Digimon. I can't remember what their names are, Ty and the little girl, but uh, she's like tall and kind of thin. Like you can tell that she's younger or whatever. But then we go, I mean, eight years later, because eight, ten years later, max, right? Because he's maybe 13 or 14. And she's like way shorter than she was. And she looks like she's got to be like 60, I would <laughs> say. Like way older than she should be. I just felt like it was really weird. Maybe they had to recast her. You know, the person that they had for the first <laughs> episode or two, the pilot just didn't work out. They got a better deal. So they had to bring in <laughs> somebody funny. else to be Izuku's mom for a while. Maybe. I don't know. It just it cracked me up. I was like, huh, that is, that is not how I remember her. I even went back and, and looked at episode one to see if maybe I just remembered her wrong. And I did not. <laughs> they are two completely different drawn characters. Man. Some some people don't age well. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed these two episodes, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes, because at the moment, I feel like it could go anywhere. Like, I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that we get in the next time on kind of segment at the end of the episode is that he's he's obviously in. I mean, we already know of his acceptance, and he starts taking these cl- classes, courses, um, under a professor that All Might is like, you got to be on your, you know, you need to be on your toes around this guy. He's notorious for, like, failing people out, which, of course, you know... Izuku is a ball of nerves. I mean, he is a nervous wreck all the time. He really so is. that that helped yeah. a lot. Um, his case, you know, his his mentality is, oh, you, dude, you got to be careful with this guy. And we get like a brief glimpse of the professor. We don't really know anything else that's going on. So um, next, we get to see in these upcoming episodes what this school is all about and how it operates, and maybe some more products of that school. People that have come up through this academy yeah. and are out in the world doing the hero thing and. You know, I I kind of mentioned this in relation to Katsuki earlier. I wonder if there are examples in world of people that came up through Hero Academia and turned into villains. Um, I don't know that any have been mentioned specifically so far, but surely at least one has broke bad at some point. Yeah, they kind of make it seem like at the moment, all the villains have been villains yeah. from the get-go. Like, they haven't really discussed any sort of major villain that has turned. Um, you know, we when All Might got first introduced, he was fighting some sort of horrible catastrophe. We don't really know what that was. It makes me wonder if that was a big villain that had been led up through like the Academia University and and turned bad. You know, because it it seems like the way they make it sound, anybody that kind of graduates from this school is going to be pretty amazing. Like regardless of what their power is, they're going to know how to use it really well, and they're going to be devastating. Yeah, with and it. the other the only other thing that we really get at the end of this episode is. The revelation that the reason All Might is where he is geographically is because he is now on the staff of um, Hero Academia, and Izuku wasn't aware of that. Which makes me wonder: Do you think he's like a gym teacher? Like, what? what I don't know. He He seemed like he was on like admin somewhere. I would think, like you know, principal or. I just can't see him taking a desk job. Like he's not the kind of guy that reviews applications. Well, he's got to have the flexibility to go and actually be a hero. I don't know that all the professors would have that, but if he was on admin, you know, as like a principal or something, he wouldn't have to be you know engaged in classes necessarily if if something broke out that he could be like all right peace i gotta go you know you guys can run the school in my absence for a few hours or whatever see he strikes me as the kind of guy that would be like the football or basketball coach but also do driver's ed as like his official like you know eight to three position (laughs) definitely one of the things that i've really enjoyed so far about this is that all my really really just in almost above all else implicates that the trueness behind being a hero is just that you do things for the greater good of people and the world and it's not about being popular or your quirk and i really like that there's something about all might i would almost just watch an all might series to be honest yeah with and you. the other thing about the way that they 
leverage that concept, the concept of self-sacrifice being an essential element or, or ingredient to a hero is that they don't, they aren't just paying that lip service. It's not just like, ah, anybody can be a hero. Um, but they, because of the way that they integrate, integrated that concept into the actual grading, um, you know, the rubric of, uh, this entrance exam means that they put an awful lot of emphasis on that and it is a pass or fail element for some of these people. Um, so I really like that. They're like, Hey, if, if you, if this isn't a part of who you are, or this isn't something that we can instill in you, maybe you don't get in. So it's, it's more than just an ideal. It is, it is a metric for them. And that's 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 yeah. good. That communicates a lot about um, where this Piero Academia is coming from. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see where they're, they're going to take it, man. Me this too. Be good. So next time you and I speak, we'll be talking about episodes five and six. Episodes five and six, man. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, man. We'll see you all next week. The Almighty Podcast is a production of the Back Patio Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our others at backpationetwork.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash backpationetwork. And feel free to hit us up on Twitter at backpationet or at almightypod. We'd love the chance to talk with you.